Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If there was no pleasure in sin, nobody would sin. Sin is miserable. Let's go do it. You're not going to do it. It's pleasurable. That's a deception. But can I respond to you? What we sow, we reap. And the sin and bondage of a sinner, we eventually start reaping it like crazy. In spycraft, there's what's called a honey trap. It's usually an attractive female spy sent to become romantically involved with a target with the ultimate goal of obtaining secrets. It's the same way we can become so involved with the pleasures of our activities that we're deceived about their danger. As Pastor Mark will be teaching, we also can be blinded to the peril behind the pleasure. We will learn the good news. We can be set free from the honey trap we were all born into. It will require our giving our allegiance to a new master, but one who only wants the best for us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 8 with his continuing study entitled, Free to Live as God Intended. If you're not a Christian, this is where you're at. Well, Pastor Mark, I never knew that. That's why I'm teaching you. Because that's not where you want to be. You don't want to be a slave to Satan and his goal to steal, kill, and destroy you. You don't want that. Now, I have good news. Anybody ready for good news? I'm ready for good news. Okay, here's good news. Turn to Romans 6, 17. You're right by there. 6, 17. Next verse. Now watch what happens. Paul says this. But thanks be to God that though you, circle these next three words, used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you're entrusted. In other words, Paul says, I taught you that you were in sin, But you made the right decision after listening to me. He says, you used to be slaves to sin, but you wholeheartedly blame the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. Now, can I just say this to you? That's why I'm teaching this series to you. Because we have millions and millions and millions of unbelievers who may be good people, but they're sinners by nature. They're sinners by practice. And they have no clue. They're a slave to Satan, and they cannot break free. Impossible. By themselves. Impossible. Now, Paul says, used to be. That's where I want everybody to be able to say, I used to be 
a slave to sin, but no longer. I am now free. Free to do what? Worship, serve, enjoy, obey God. That's the lifestyle you want. You don't want this lifestyle. When you see that happening and what Paul's talking about, look at verse 18, then I'll ask you to write this down. Paul says this, you have been set, say the word with me, free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. You have changed kingdoms. And now you're a servant of God. You're no longer serving Satan. You're a servant of God. So here's what I want you to write. We used to be in bondage. This is for Christians. We used to be in bondage, Satan's dominating power. But God set us, let's say it together, free. Who set you free? Not you. You can't set you free. You have no idea. There's no way for you to do it. Well, how did God set us free? Turn in your Bibles to Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 4. I'll go through this very quickly, but I want you to see this. When Jesus came to this earth, he came with some goals. He came with an agenda. And one day he was, when he has, had his ministry, he was in, in a synagogue in Galilee area. And he was asked to speak. And he opened the scroll of the book of Isaiah. And you're going to see in Luke 4.18, he quotes the Old Testament. And watch what he says. Look at verse 18. The spirit, the anointing of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Now all of these things that you're going to see. The oppressed, the poor, the blind. Those spiritual things. He has appointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim. Here we are. Freedom to the prisoners. Recovery sight to the blind, spiritually blind, and to release the oppressed. And then in verse 21, Jesus makes this bold statement in front of them. Today, this prophecy from the Old Testament is fulfilled. I am God. I'm the Messiah. I've been sent to meet your needs. He says, I've come. Now, when we see the damages of sin, sometimes we don't realize what they are. This is what Jesus said. I've come to free you from the damages of sin. Let me give you an illustration. When you see a new drug advertised on the TV, and maybe you have one of the signs of that drug can heal, you're looking and go, wow, that's fantastic. Honey, I got to get this drug. This is a new drug. Let's go to the doctor and see if he can prescribe it to me. But, you know, that first minute gives you hope. How many know what I'm talking about? Whoa, that's terrific. Then what happens on the commercial? Anybody know? Well, you have one minute of hope, and then you have 10 minutes of... I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Now, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, honey, forget that, baby. Forget it. I'll just keep what I got. What you see is the dangers. Medicine is good. But sometimes the bad isn't good. And you have to make a decision. Well, Jesus came for this very same principle, you understand. The Bible tells us, whoo, sin. There's pleasures in sin. Is there pleasure in sin? Two of you, three of you only know there's pleasures in sin? (laughs) 
How many of you were sinners and enjoyed it? Come on, for a little bit. Let's not get stupid here. The Bible says there is pleasure in sin, amen? Woo, I'll get to get that drug. But it says only for a short time. Sinners enjoy sin. If there was no pleasure in sin, nobody would sin. Yeah, sin is miserable. Let's go do it. <laughs> You're not going to do it. It's pleasurable. That's a deception. But can I respond to you? What we sow, we reap. And the sin and bondage of a sinner, we eventually start reaping it like crazy. And Jesus said, I've come to eliminate the damages of sin. I've come to heal those, your hurts, your bondages, your brokenness, your spiritual blindness, demon possession, oppression, drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, all that crazy stuff out there. He says, I've come to change it. Now, understand, true freedom only comes from Jesus. In this series, I believe God's going to free many Christians from habits and bondages. You know that fear is a bondage. Now, don't tell me there's no one in this room that has fear. We all have fear. When the doctor walks in the room and says, I'm sorry to tell you this, what happens to our heart immediately? <laughs> and if they mention the C word, we're shaking. So we know what fear is, but there's all these other things. And I know God's going to free many of us as Christians from all kinds of crazy things, unforgiveness and stuff like that. But he's also going to save many people from that old lifestyle. Now, how do I know what Jesus was saying there? Remember, everything he said was a spiritual kind of good news. Jesus forgives people of their sins. All right. Half of you haven't got your voice yet. Here we go. Okay, let's go to the second one. Come on with me. Jesus can heal broken hearts. <clears throat> Jesus can free people from satanic bondages. Jesus can open spiritually blind eyes to the truth. Jesus can set people free from oppression. Is there anything common in those statements? Let's say it together. Jesus. What a wonderful name. What a beautiful name. What a powerful name. See, you and I can't free ourselves. We were never designed to free ourselves. I have the key to this. The key is Jesus. It's on my, it's on my keychain. I'm not losing that baby. And you don't want to lose the power of Jesus in your life. Because that's what sets the captive free. Amen. Now... When you and I choose to become a Christ follower, we now become, it sounds like an oxymoron, a slave to God. That, the word slave really meant in those days, somebody owns you. Well, when I turned my life over to God, God owns me. I gave him the keys to drive the car. He owns me. But notice... When I become a slave to God or a servant to God, it kind of looks like this. Slave, Paul would use the term bond slave, just means he owns me, I'm, I'm servant. Servant, steward, 
Here's another word. Son and daughter of God. Do you see how it goes? From a slave to a son and daughter of God. Now, realistically, let's just back up to the word slave. Who would you like to work for and serve? Anyone better than God. He loves to give good gifts to his kids. He's a good, good. Is there anybody else in the world that's like God? No, he loves you. He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. Thank you, Jesus. When we get up in the morning, his mercies are new. He forgives all of our sins and forgets them. So why would I complain about that? No, I get to serve God. I can be a slave of God. I don't care what you call me. He's my God. Now, when you see all of that happen, let me explain three things to you very quickly. You're still with me this morning. Okay, here we go. When you get saved, when you get saved, there's three things that happen with sin. So I want you to write them down really quickly. It'll make a lot of sense to you. Here we go. When you get saved for the very first time, become a convert, you're saved from the penalty. Just write the word penalty. Penalty of sin. What is the penalty of sin? Death. Separation from God forever in hell. If I'm not a Christian, when I die, I go to hell forever. So I'm saved from the penalty of sin. Now, when I become a Christian, who comes inside me? The Holy Spirit. And here's the next thing that happens. I'm saved from the penalty of sin. Now I'm saved from the power of sin. And you'll see that in a moment. So I'll give you a little clue where I'm going. I can later, as I grow in a Christ follower, I can say no to sin. And I'll explain to you how. So penalty of sin, power of sin, that's always tempting us. I can say no. The third one is from the presence of sin. Now, when will I be free from the presence of sin? Never on this earth. Never on this earth when I get to heaven. When you die and go to heaven, there is no sin in heaven. Can I hear an amen right there? That means there's no tempting in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Because we still give in the temptation. Don't say amen. Just say, oh, me. Here we are. We do. But when we get to heaven, no. So there's the three. Do you got it? You say, well, Pastor Mark, where do you get that stuff? Hello? From scripture. But now, Paul says, you are free from, say it with me, the power of sin. And have become... Slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Turn to your neighbor right now, and I want you to say it not like this. I can say no to sin. I want you to say it like this. I can say no to sin. Come on, turn to your neighbor and do it. Come on. Now, who are you really talking to? You're talking to Satan when he says, you know, that looks really good there. It looks really good there. And we'd have to go, yeah, it does. But Satan, I have the power to say no to you and move on. Amen. See, that's huge because all of us are going to be tempted the rest of our life. Now, we don't always say no. Sometimes we give in. Then we ask God to forgive us again. We're not habitually practicing sin. We just fail from time to time. So when you see that happening, there's a statement that every one of you will be able to finish. I think most of you heard it. I'll start it. Let's see if you can finish it. You will know the truth 
And the truth will set you free. Well, what a great verse. But the world uses that totally out of context. It's not true at all unless you have the other verse. It means absolutely. Universities use that all the time. Come to this university and the truth, secular truth will set you free. That's a bunch of malarkey. It's taken out of context, totally in the Bible. I'll show you that context in a few moments. Now, when most people say that, they're clueless about where it comes from and what it looks like. Now, I want to show you how that context is there. So turn to the book of John. You're close. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 8. Jesus was speaking, teaching in John chapter 8. And many Jewish people were there. Watch what it says. John 8.30. Even as he spoke, Jesus was teaching. Many put their faith in him. As Jesus was teaching, many people put their faith in him. Now, Jesus knew that everybody that said, I'm putting my faith in you, what they really meant was, I believe in you. Uh, Yeah, you're Jesus. You're the Messiah. Or, I believe in God. We have a lot of people today that say this. Well, are you a Christian? Well, of course, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Well, that doesn't make you a Christian. Do you know that Satan believes in God and believes in Jesus? So what is Jesus going to do? He knew that some of them would never commit their life to follow him. It was this kind of knowledge. So he's going to test them. And I'll show you what that looks like. So he's going to say, well, I know you said it. Some of you here, that's the life you live. You're a good religious person. You believe in Jesus. You believe in God. But you've never committed your life to really follow him. So I'm going to show you, this is a little challenging to all of us, but he's going to challenge him and say, are you really a believer? Are you really, really into it? Or does it just come from your mouth and your mind? And so he's going to state something that's hard for us to understand today. When Jesus was here, he didn't really use the word convert much. He would say, you need to be born again. And I want you to watch me. Step number one in every person's life who changes kingdoms. Step number one is conversion. You ask God to forgive you of your sins and God comes to live in you and the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. You're a convert. You've been converted. There's a conversion from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. But many people stop right there. That is never where Jesus went. His next step is become a disciple. And that simply meant to follow Jesus. It's a day-by-day experience. It's a lifestyle. It's not just an event. The Bible calls Christians who may have conversion baby Christians. But it moves on to disciple. Now, if you've never heard the word disciple uh, with a definition, let me give it to you. A disciple, key word, this is my definition, is a lifelong learner of what it means to follow Jesus. Under discipline. He's the boss. That's the one I follow. His word is what I follow. A growing, maturing Christ follower. I not only believe, I not only put my faith in him, but I've committed to follow him. Not perfectly. None of us are. But there's a moving forward. Now, that's what Jesus is going to go to. Now, watch how he goes to it. Look in verse 
31. This is the test of those new people. Maybe not even convert yet. Look what he says. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, what's the next word you see? If, if you, circle this word, I'll get to it in a moment. If you hold to my teaching, then you're really my disciples. So what is he trying to say to them? Here's the word hold. You don't have to write it, but you you have to understand it. Here's what Jesus said. That word hold is a Greek word, meno. And it's all through the gospel of John. John loved that word, abide, hold. Here's what it means. Jesus is going to say, if you're really going to follow me, and this is to us today more than them, but it would be his teachings in those days. There wasn't a Bible in those days, but his teachings would be there. He means this. You need to read the Bible. You need to meditate on it. You need to absorb it. You need to stay in it. You need to obey it. You need to experience it. You need to go for it. Now notice that's all connected to what? The word. So he designated and he says here, if you really believe in me, then you need to follow me and become like me by being in the word. Stay in it, obey it, experience it. Now here's the problem. Many people think, well, if I read it, I'm there. I'm at church. I'm reading it. Praise God, Pastor Mark. Thank you very much. I'm glad you are here. But that is not, God did not give us his word for information. He gave us his word so I would be transformed for transformation. Look at this verse on the overhead. Paul has to write it like this. It's in Romans. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Now, how does God transform us? Look at By changing the way you think. Remember, the battle is always where? In the mind. How does the world want us to think? When we get to the financial things, here's how the world says. You sat down this morning with your spouse. Oh, look at this furniture store. It has a... Man, look at that leather couch set. And we don't have to pay for it. Start paying even one payment to 2026. Hallelujah, I'm set free. That's really bondage. Because are you going to pay for that sucker? Of course you're going to pay for it. Do you have the money? Well, no, but till 2026. If you don't got the money now, ain't going to be no better in 2026. Think about how our world thinks even Christians today. Pastor Mark, I know the Bible says I have to forgive. Sorry, that person hurt me too much. I will not forgive. Well, let me ask you a question. Who's in bondage, the person or you? You are. You have to change the way you think. You have to say, okay, I can be free of that. I know I still hurt from it, but I can be free of that. Amen? We're all slaves. This is the first thing we need to understand. Pastor Mark has been reminding us of the ways in which our slavery can manifest itself. He also has been teaching about the only way we can become free from slavery to sin, which is putting ourselves under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Becoming a follower of Christ is a liberating experience. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. The next message will bring us to the end of part one in the Free to Live as God Intended series. Pastor Mark will be contrasting the end goals of the two masters, Satan and Jesus. We will learn God's intent for our lives and what it means to be a disciple of Christ. We will find out what the benefits of becoming a follower of Jesus are, as well as his expectations for us. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.